SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. Almost five minutes after six o'clock this Thursday evening, the 25th of July payday for some of us, David. Yeah, it's always <laughs> 24th. I've got to go check to my bank. I want to see if I got paid. <laughs> oh. you, you obviously wouldn't notice. Lots of kids to support you know, all over the world. <laughs> you have to keep working. <laughs> You're listening to the Market Update with MoneyWeb. Uh, we're through with you till 6.30 this evening. Lots to get through. Uh, but first, as always, this In Business Today is brought to you by Wesbank. If you need an instant answer to your business asset finance application, then apply online at wesbank.co.today. Google it and Fupi with your business news. Thanks, Hilton. Platinum miner Lonman, which was battered by strikes last year, today posted an expected dip in quarterly output, but it stuck to its four-year targets as South African miners started wage talks, which could lead to even more stoppages. Lonman, which is the world's third largest platinum producer, says it produced more than 186,000 ounces of platinum in concentrate during its third quarter, which is down by 8% from the same three months last year. Statistics South Africa says South Africa's headline producer inflation accelerated more than expected to 5.9% year-on-year in the month of June from 4.9% in May. Since January this year, StatSA releases PPI in a new format for industry-specific indices, which it says will make the indicator more relevant for consumer prices. And shares in Facebook are soaring. They're up by more than 20% today after the social media giant reported a much-improved second-quarter revenue and profit as it pushes hard into mobile advertising. The stock is trading at levels not seen shortly after its IPO last year. Looking at the markets now, David, the JCO share index is closed in the red, down by a third of 1% at 40,739 points. The rand is trading at 9 rand 80 to the US dollar, 15 rand exactly to the pound, and 12 rand 98 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,328 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $107, and the platinum price at $1,443 an ounce. Thanks, Kugu. This in business today was brought to you by Wesbank. If you need an instant answer to your business asset finance application, then apply online at wesbank.co.za. What would an instant answer to an asset finance application mean for your business? Could it be the difference between moving and shaking or just sitting and waiting? Apply for business asset finance at wesbank.co.za and get an instant answer. T's and C's apply. West Bank. We know how. A division of First Rand Bank Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. Or speak to your affiliated dealer. Millions of people in Africa have limited access to a bank, but almost everyone has a cell phone. So if the people can't come to the bank, bring the bank to the people. Standard Bank is using mobile technology from SAP to do just that. Now almost anyone can pay bills and even buy groceries all from a cell phone. Standard Bank has a vision of inclusive banking and SAP is helping to make it happen. Find out how SAP can help your business run like never before at sap.com forward slash Standard Bank. Are you a pensioner or investor looking for a high yield investment that will give you an above average guaranteed return? Then Finbond Mutual Bank's limited offer is perfect for you. Invest a minimum amount of 100,000 Rand on a fixed term deposit and earn 9.5% per annum guaranteed. Contact us today on 0860-442211. Terms and conditions apply. Finbond is an authorized financial services and credit provider. Finbond Mutual Bank. It's my bank. Eight minutes after six o'clock, David Shapiro of Sassfin is with us as always. David, market off a third of a percent today, 40,700. 
And 39 points. You saw weakness uh, pretty much across the board. In fact, at one stage we were down, I think, well over 1%. Mm -hmm. And just towards the close, going into the closing index, uh, auction, sorry, we were down 07 and uh, some very strong buying of industrials in the in the closing auction lifted the market to uh, or you know lifted the market so we ended off point to what point three point four percent I'm not sure where the buying came and uh, you know what kind of trading why the trading was like that but it reduced a lot of lo- losses on SAB but uh, all the major industrials uh, Richmond uh, SAB uh, sorry. Um, NASPES, Vodacom, MTN, all of those were up. I see ShopRite as well. So gave a little bit of a lift. But it was a pretty weak and wishy-washy day. Very hard to get a grip on. It just seems to be drifting away from us. There's no uh, drivers, momentum drivers at the moment to give us a lift. Pla- Platinum shares did well. Angler Platt's one of the features for for reasons that uh, you know one can't really establish. I think that some analysts may have turned bullish on it, believing that it's uh, you know the price is at, uh, at at lows now where it can only go better. A lot of analysts, I've, I've been reading uh, mm. one or two or three reports uh, specifically on the platinum sector, and an analyst starting to point to any recovery in Europe. Mm. as a, a massive stimulus for the platinum sector. Uh, we, we, we shouldn't discount what a little uptick in Europe could do for, for well, platinum. You've got to see motor vehicle sales pick up, particularly diesel sales. And uh, I'm, I'm fairly bullish on a turnaround in the global economy. Um, UK, you can see UK up um, you know, up to date, so expecting better growth there. They're out of recession. They're starting to grow. We expect the Europe out of recession in the fourth quarter. America doing pretty well. So I think overall with the developed world um, doing well, and Japan could come, you know, it's 50-50, but the signs there that it's growing. So all of that could, um, you know, could lift demand for platinum. But I, I, I think it's early days. It's, it's more wishful thinking at the moment than perhaps any chance of reality. So I think we're running ahead of ourselves. But when it turns, it's going to turn viciously. Well, it's good that we've got Lisa Siegel coming up uh, shortly. She's uh, with Gins Global, the South African director, looking specifically at offshore funds. Mm. So if the, mm. the global economy starts to, to rattle into I, gear, uh, we could see global equity markets properly, properly run. I've, I've been doing that for some time offshore. I've been very bullish offshore. And then uh, today for local accounts, having run out of places to go, I'm starting to buy the DB uh, Tracker. Mm. You know, I, I, the ones I like, strangely enough, are the UK because of the shares that are, that are the major component, but particularly the US. I think US banks, IT, are going to do very well, and they, they're nicely poised for that. It's, I think it's the MSCI uh, US index, mm. and it's a nice way to, to hedge yourself because um, I can't find places to go. You know, I, I still think retailers are pretty expensive. You know, you might hold on to them, but are you going to buy them? So it just adds... If, if you're not exposed offshore, it's a very nice way to get there. Ital Tal today announcing a new chief executive. Uh, it hasn't had a chief executive for, for mm. an, a, a number of months now. Uh, Nick Booth mm. from Ceramic Industries is going well, to... Well, they all sister companies. He's going to kind of <laughs> move his office. <laughs> I, I think they're all fairly uh, interrelated. Mm. So. Well, the one makes the tiles, mm. the other one sells, sells the tiles. Sells them. Mm. Mm. I, you know, they're both very good companies. I know they've gone through rough times, but broadly, since they've been listed, uh, it's only one or two years that they've really let us down, which has been more the economy than, than management there. David, what did you make of the Facebook, uh, Facebook results? You know, I, Do you I, own Facebook really, shares? No, I don't. No, no. But 
where they're coming right and where you've got to hand it to uh, Zuckerberg is that he switched his strategy from desktop to mobile. Mm. And, you know, while Google are struggling on mobile advertising or haven't quite got the uh, the mix right or whatever it is, uh, he's got it right. And, you know, his revenue from mobile was astonishing. I mean, the shares are up, as Google said, you know, 25, 26%. So it knocked the market out. There's only one caveat, and I have to... Because um, one of the best programs you have to watch is Bloomberg West, mm. you know, which, which covers uh, what happens in, in IT. And, you know, just listening to interview, the big problem is that teenagers don't like Facebook. Too much trouble. And this is the upcoming generation, you know. It's becoming my age has started to use Facebook, and you know you're in trouble. <laughs> well, if, if you look at mobile specifically, and this is what they, as you say, this is what they've got in right. A year ago, 14% of ad sales came mm. from mobile devices. In this last quarter, 41%. Yeah. So they've managed yeah. to triple that. Almost half of their mm. revenue now coming from mobile devices. Yeah. That's a big... If he can keep it up, and if they can get it right, you know, then they will be ahead. Still, Google's still the biggest... Mm. Uh, um, what's it? Not mobile advertiser. Mm. What do you call it? Online. Well, it's uh, the biggest advertising company in the yeah, world. Yeah. And... Uh, but they haven't quite got – one of the reasons they missed revenue uh, forecast was because the, the mobile side mm. didn't come through quite as well. well. Facebook's still trading below that IPO price, so mm. a couple more dollars to go. Uh, it's still to 38. I know. <laughs> I look, it's not my favorite company, but uh, my wife uses it a lot, so it just gives you an idea that it's really for old-timers. Well, SAB Miller's first quarter trading update out today. The volume of lager sold by the world's second largest brewer declined by 1% between April and June this year. Analysts – had largely expected around about 2% growth. Chris Gilmore, analyst at Absa Investments, joins us now. Chris, pretty disappointing, those numbers. Yes, for the first time in a long time, Hilton, we're seeing a, a bit of a disappointment from SAB Miller. And um, I suppose, you know, if you look in the narrative, um, admittedly, it's, it's more of a kind of volume and revenue type thing, without giving too much indication as what time to earnings. But I think the weather... Um, has got a lot to play here. I mean, cold and wet in the USA, Europe, and, and in, in China as well, and not offsetting that in, in, in Latin America. Just looking at South Africa specifically, not much detail. Uh, this is obviously just a quarterly update uh, ahead of its AGM, which happened today. Castle Light, though, still unstoppable in this market. Castle Light's been amazing. I don't know, you probably won't remember when they, they launched this thing back in the 90s. It was a very, very, <laughs> it was a very pedestrian beer. It was a, um, a mainstream beer in a brown bottle. So it's, it's a very much a marketing exercise, the same sort of thing they did with Amstel back in the 60s. And they put it into a, a green bottle. They've, uh, they've appealed to the youth market. And uh, it's quite incredible what's happened here. It's just pumping, and it's, it's really, I mean, it's far, far, far bigger than Amstel uh, is these days, and it's overtaken it in a very, very short space of time. They also put Vanilla Ice into a, a TV advertisement, as well as MOP, hauled them back from from the early 90s. Chris Gilmore, analyst at Amstel Investments. David, the, the market not liking those hey, numbers. Aren't you, aren't you a big uh, light fan? I am a big Castle Light fan. Yeah, yeah, explains it. <laughs> it's very healthy for you, David. You'd be astonished how healthy it is. I, you know, another point that Chris uh, didn't pick up was that, uh, that with the dollar very strong, mm. uh, very strong against emerging currencies where they do a lot of business, uh, the translation hurts them. So you, you reckon that the dollar has improved like 20% against the, uh, you know, against the rand. It means that the translation of the profits we make here into dollars is, is, is hurt very badly. And I think it's something that you're going to find a lot of offshore companies in emerging markets suffering of.
We are taking your questions on 34701. That's the SMS number, 34701. Use the keyword market in your SMS, 34701. Use the keyword market. That will cost you two rand per SMS. So we're talking offshore investing next. This is the space station that connects all the media that cover the stories on African business that happen in meetings attended by people that travel on planes and also on trains that connect business centers that handle the trades by means of computers that are run by the people that talk on the phones that are linked by the satellite we funded. At Nedbank Capital, we believe in making sustainable solutions happen. We are an authorized financial services and credit provider. Terms and conditions apply. Make things happen. Nedbank Capital. 17 minutes past 6 o'clock. Today's top story is brought to you by MTN Business. Well, fees and costs when saving for retirement are in the spotlight, perhaps the brightest spotlight they've ever been in. National Treasury, as part of its efforts at reforming the retirement industry, this month published a discussion paper on costs. And South African investors, when looking for offshore exposure, have often been forced to pay up for it. It's not uncommon to see unit trusts offering global exposure with total expense ratios or, or annual management fees of 2%, 2.5%, sometimes even nudging 3% a year. Lisa Siegel, South African Director at Gins Global, joins us now. Lisa, Gins Global, the first manager to package foreign index funds as locally registered South African unit trusts. Take us through that. What have you done? What, what have you packaged up um, as, as unit trusts for South African investors? Hi, Hilton. Thanks for having me on the show. We've actually been registered with the FSB since about 2001. Mm. So we've actually been here a long time. But what we've done is over time, as we've built up more assets, we've decided to cut our fees for both retail and institutional investors. So instead of taking the profit ourselves, we've actually decided to give back to the client to make the, the cost of investing much more cheaper. So the kind of offshore funds that we are offering is very simple. Normally the uh, benchmark that most of the active managers use on their own investments, so like an MSCI World, mm-hmm. we use, instead of the S&P 500, it's a bit more conservative, we use the MSCI US. We've obviously got a European, Japan, and then different sector funds as well as property funds. So what you do is take those uh, those, those index trackers which track these MSCI uh, indices, uh, no matter where they are in the world, you take the ETFs, bundle those up, um, and, and, and package them as a unit trust, which, which South African institutions and retail investors are able to access. That's great. They're actually not ETFs. It's a different structure. They're index funds. So it's a full replication. Whereas the ETF is more synthetic, or you can have a cash or a, a derivative type of synthetic structure. Mm. So the index is, we actually do full indexing. It's a different kind of uh, actual vehicle to an ETF. It's uh, far more conservative and it's uh, less risky. So it's actually structured as a collective investment scheme. The ETF is more seen as a share. Yeah. Lisa, how the, the, the fees that you have cut now, um, where, where have the fees come from and where, and where are they now? Well, what we've done is we've given the retail investor uh, actually our institutional fees and then we rebate back through the LISP. So say for a bond, a global bond, they, a retail client would pay 15 basis points. That's 0.15%. Right. Uh, on, a, on an equity, on an equity uh, index equity fund? Trust, so in MSCI World, the fee is 60 basis points because we use the, 
the state sheet retail pricing because of flexibility on the trade. And then we rebate back 50 basis points on that. So the net fee to the client on an annual management charge would be 30 basis points on an MSCI world. Lisa, this, this all sounds well and good. How much does an investor need to have available to invest in, in these funds? Well, it depends on the list, but normally about 1000 or $1,500. So $1,000 taking up to around yeah. about 10,000 rand, 15,000 rand, somewhere around there. Yeah. And they would need to obviously do this through a, a list, not, through, yes. not directly through yourselves. Yes, it's through a list. We do do a few clients, but we actually prefer to work through the list. What is a LISP? If, uh, if a listener out there perhaps doesn't know what a LISP is, which, which of the LISPs do you work with? With Alan Gray and Momentum Wealth and Momentum Locally. So a, a client out there could, could call up one of these places or, or send an email to one of these, uh, one of these uh, institutions and, and make contact and say that they want to invest in, in one of these funds. Correct. Lisa, just to close off with, uh, will you be extending this, this fund range at all, uh, perhaps in the future? Well, we are putting a few. We like to have FSB approved funds. Mm. So we're actually going the FSB route. So we are, a few of our funds are with the FSB now for approval. There's about seven FSB approved funds actually that are, we have in our stable currently. Lisa Siegel is South African Director at Gins Global Index Funds. David, uh, very, very interesting given this focus on fees and given how, how dramatically <laughs> when, when Lisa fees says are. she came in 2001, you know, that was the last uh, charge we had offshore and I think that uh, everybody got burned horribly over mm. then and uh, unfortunately it hangs with them there but uh, this is the right time to go offshore. Mm. And I'm glad she's still around and that they're still here, still selling their funds. But uh, you know that if you were in the S&P for 10 years, you did absolutely nothing and the local market outperformed. But uh, I think it's time now to make that switch. I think you're going to get very, very good returns from your, uh, you know, from these offshore investment. And this is an easy way to do it. It's of a course, very easy way to do it. Of course, there's the currency risk, mm. which, there, which there always is. Um, but as you say, this is an easy way to do it. It's the cheapest way. Yeah. These, these yeah. rates are cheaper than SAPFIX rates. SAPFIX are over 1%, I mm. think, or, or well, even much higher. Are they? And, and I know certainly the DBX trackers that we're buying, that I've been buying, the mm. fees are over a percent. Mm. So I bought a couple of those up. myself, mm. and so those fees are 1.14%. Mm. Yeah. So you're, you're getting this at, what, a third, a third of a DBX of tracker. Yeah. The benefit uh, from our point of view is that you can deal on the stock exchange with uh, you know, DBX trackers. Mm. They are an ETF. Mm. That's the only so there's more convenience here, whereas here you have to go the you know, the, the lisp route. And this is obviously not for, for every investor. Um, as Lisa said, you need a thousand dollars, thousand five hundred dollars. there's the whole tax clearance mm. thing with mm. SARS that has to happen. Do you have to get that? Mm. Or can, uh, do you have to get that you, before you, you possibly can buy have it? to you possibly have mm. to because the, the I mean the money needs to mm. go. No, um, that's that's you've got a million rand discretionary allowance. Every citizen who pays tax mm. has got a, a a million a million rand discretionary. So you know which you can use as your uh, what do you call it your uh, travel allowance as well. So you don't have to go to SARS for that. You fill out a BOP form, uh, you know, one of these forms just to submit it. But you don't have to get clearance for that. So if you're not travelling overseas, you can still buy these funds. <laughs> Today's top story was brought to you by MTN Business. With MTN Business ERP, you get a complete overview of your business operations at any given time. So your shelves can tell you when they're empty. 
And because it's hosted in the cloud, it's a lot more affordable to get a full resource planning system powered by SAP. Visit mtnbusiness.co.za for more info. Welcome to the new world of business. This is the fortune that came from the sale of the cows and the sheep that graze in the fields where they found scattered seeds that came from the maize that secured funding for the co-op that planted the maize that was tended by the farmer on the fertile land that was found in the valley that was once a barren piece of land in Africa. At Nedbank Capital, we believe in making sustainable solutions happen. We are an authorized financial services and credit provider. Terms and conditions apply. Make things happen. Nedbank Capital. For IG being the best CFD provider means finding new ways to help even the most experienced trader find an edge. That's why they've developed an innovative, easy to use and above all stable online trading platform that operates at lightning speed 24 hours a day. No wonder they're a natural choice for over 140,000 traders worldwide. Take a closer look at what they can do for you by going to igmarkets.co.za. IG South Africa is an authorized financial services provider. Losses can exceed your initial deposit. Millions of people in Africa have limited access to a bank, but almost everyone has a cell phone. So if the people can't come to the bank, bring the bank to the people. Standard Bank is using mobile technology from SAP to do just that. Now almost anyone can pay bills and even buy groceries, all from a cell phone. Standard Bank has a vision of inclusive banking and SAP is helping to make it happen. Find out how SAP can help your business run like never before at sap.com forward slash standard bank. Well, Magnus Heistek joins us now. It's 26 after 6. Magnus, a question in from Kiernan uh, yesterday. He's currently saving or investing around 4,000 rand a month in what he calls an endowment policy. Now, it might be an, an endowment. It might not. Uh, he says he's getting nailed in charges. Obviously, one of the big life companies in the country involved there. Uh, without going into too much detail specifically around endowment policies, what should savers and investors be looking out for when it comes, for, uh, when it comes to fees? There are all sorts of hidden fees and charges in, in uh, very complicated investments, sometimes even very simple investments. What should, what should uh, people be looking out for? Yes, good evening, Hilton. As you say, um, it's a very complex field. Um, most fees are now by law. Uh, declare to the to, to the to mm. the consumer, the investor. Depending, it doesn't matter what you buy today, the fees are broken up and, and explained very very clearly. And it's going to get even better when the treating customers fairly legislation comes through. So every single fee, whether it's on at the advisor level, whether it's at the platform level, or at the fund level, it will have to be disclosed. And <clears throat> because it's such a complicated field, it depends very much. If it's an insurance-based product like an endowment policy or an insurance-based retirement annuity where uh, most of the fees tend to be paid up front, whereas the uh, unit trusts, the ETFs, and those products tend to be paid as, as an ongoing fee, mm. and, and the two are very, very hard to compare. Mm. It, it, it really is, and there's, there's ongoing fees where, where often some of the, 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 the hidden charges start eating away at that accumulated capital. Well, advisor level is very simple. You've got your advisory fee. You see it every month in your statement. There's nothing an advisor can do any anymore. Your platform fee is the same. Hmm. Where the, some of the fees, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's hidden, but it's very complicated, for instance, when it comes to performance hmm. fees. A lot of the big and very popular uh, um, unit trust companies, asset management companies in South Africa, like 
like uh, Alan Gray and, and, and Coronation and other companies are often criticized for their very, very complex performance fees, which sometimes if you sit down to read it, you cannot understand it. And you can obviously see it's been drawn up by an actuary, might be crystal clear to them. And some of those performance fees are very unfair. For example, some companies will charge you on outperformance in the past. So you come in as a new investor, you put in money, you're actually paying performance fees that you're not going to get, but for someone or for the fund that did extremely mm. well in the previous two years. So uh, there's a lot of criticism of those kind of fees. But today, the good point, if you go back in time, 10, 15, 20 years, the fees were all hidden. You could never work them out. Even the advisor or the salesperson could never work them out. It was all in a big black box. Uh, things have changed quite considerably, and, and, and consumers are aware of fees. I must just caution people, you know, fees are a fact of life mm. in the investment life, uh, in, the investment, in the investment world. And, and I've been noticing Treasury, for instance, has been having a go at, at investment companies, pension funds, accusing them of charging exorbitant fees, etc. But some of those fees come as a result of the increased regulation coming from Treasury, mm. that there is so much paperwork and David will know what I'm talking about. It is a, it is a regulatory nightmare, and and the Treasury indirectly is adding to the cost pressure. And secondly, you've got something called Regulation 28, which is a strange regulation. Government is actually telling you, in terms of pension funds and retirement funds, where you may or may not invest money. And there's a lot of criticism about that as well. Are you? That's Magnus Heisek there. Magnus, we'll have to leave it there. Uh, running out of time, as always, here on the market update. It was a day where the JSE uh, ended down a third of 1%, uh, 40,739 points. Uh, this, of course, was the SAFM market update with Money Web. We're back at uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow, hopefully discussing, uh, continuing this fee discussion uh, at 6. That's uh, between 6 and 6.30. 6.30 now, and time for game plan.